Hey folks, if you know me, you know that I like making a difference. You know that I love making waves. And those at the Artisan, they do too. With their Will Tell design, they help to remind you to make a difference. And you know what? You can too. You can be a wave maker. By purchasing one of their amazing shirts, which are comfortable, and all their Will Tell designs come in different colors and different patterns, you can make a difference. You can be a wave maker too. You can help them contribute 10% of their profits of their apparel to saving the oceans. And what an amazing cause. So be a wave maker. wonderful podcast where we listen to awesome narratives from real humans from the queer community. Yes, real humans. Here's the host, me, Dr. Terry Darnax ID. Well, hello, you wonderful, amazing, fantastic folks. Um, we are here again. And if you notice, we have three people on today. It's like hardly <laughs> ever happens. Um, so today we got Julie B and our guest, um, sex therapist Jackie Golub. Jackie, here. thank you for having me. Um, so excited to have Jackie on. Um, I met Jackie on Instagram, and um, where she talks all about sex, 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 sex. <laughs> Lots of sex. Um, so of course I pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> and I have All a lot to say. Mm-hmm. I have lots to say to what Jackie says. Lots of lots of comments, usually inappropriate, mm-hmm. but great um, comments. <laughs> <laughs> great comments. So um we have a topic today. We we got a topic today. So um we're going to talk about um myths and um Miss and what what did I say? Miss and misconceptions of poly, yep, of polyamory, mm-hmm. right? And um, who's gonna start? Jackie, you're gonna start. You're a guest. <laughs> I'm gonna put you on the start. You're the guest okay. start. You're, I'm gonna put you on the spot because Ooh. You know, yeah, yeah, go because because I know you have. I know go you because I know you. I've you, got you, my you got lots to say. Yeah, you got your opinions. You got your opinions. Yeah, so just shush me when, when you need to go. You're done. <laughs> I think the biggest fucking myth that I was just, it's so interesting because I was having a conversation about polyamory relationships and about this last week, this, this topic came up in a conversation with somebody. And the biggest myth is that, you know, it's just for sex, that poly relationships are for sex only. And I get that if someone is like in a marriage or in a relationship and it's monogamous and then they're like, well, I'm more kinky and they're vanilla and they're just not going to be like my jam. And I'm not going to get my, my sexual satisfaction of this. So I want to find like a poly partner who is kinky, who wants to dominate me or I can dominate them or be their sub or whatever it might be. Right. However, there are other things when it comes to poly, it's more so for love than it just is sex. And I think that's one of the things that we get so fucked up and twisted. (laughs) I'm not here for it. And as humans, 
think about it. Like in our lives, we all love more than one person, be it a parent, be it a daughter, be it a son, be it a child, be it a teacher, a friend, a coach, whoever that might be in this world. So truly like we're all poly in a certain type of way, whether or not we may be having like sex with all these people in the world, we can, we can still relate to that. Like we can have multiple love for people in this world. And I think that's one of the things that people think automatically is that it's just for sex. And so another piece of that too, is like, we were talking about like horoscopes earlier and all that jazz. Like, <laughs> And one thing that comes up quite a bit is certain signs may be very intellectual and I'm a cancer and I'm emotional as fuck, right? Like I can't be fake. I wear my emotions on my sleeve. You see them on my face. And let's say if I were in a polyamorous, like dating relationship, which I'm not, but if I were right, like maybe I would want someone that was more romantic, maybe someone who thinks about these different types of dates and things. Cause I think about that in my relationship. And if my partner is that person where it's like, you know, they're not super duper romantic or like, they're not giving you the scene in the setting. Well, then maybe you just want that emotional connection with someone else that you want to be dating. It doesn't necessarily have to be sexual. And I can throw out all these different (laughs) examples all day long, but I think that's one of the biggest myths that we get into is thinking that it's for sex only when really it is so not, it is completely for love. And one of the other things with it too is um, I was listening to Red Table Talk. They did a topic on this not too long about about Willow Smith talking to um, the women on there talking about like how, no, this isn't just for love or this isn't just for sex. This is for love. And I can see how like my generation is more open to loving more than one person and getting all these different needs met when it comes to intimacy not just sex, because intimacy does not equal sex, like sex equals sex. (laughs) Even with sex, sometimes you need the intimacy, you need the pleasure, you need the foreplay, you need the aftercare, you need all these things to make it really beautiful and magical. And it was just so interesting hearing from the younger generation about open relationships and how more folks now too are, um, I was reading a study too, like months ago, it was the Trevor Project. They came out with some amazing statistics over the past couple of years in the pandemic. Um, And it was talking about, I think, a third of um, adolescents and teens are now like more gender expansive versus just like, I'm a boy, I'm a girl. And there are more sexualities that are actually being explored in this next generation in, in the world. So it's just so interesting to hear all of that when it comes to LGBTQ plus community, when it comes to BDSM kinky, when it comes to poly relationships and all these things that tie together. It's just so fascinating, fascinating to me. So I'll pause myself because that was a lot that I just kind of shared when it comes to a lot of different things with this topic and when it comes up as well. No, but that was really great. And it's such, I mean, it's so true because we can love other people and it's such a misconception that it's about sex. And I hear it all the time. Oh, I mean, I have a lot of thoughts about the misconceptions. Um, (laughs) So, so many, there's a lot of myths about it, but, but I mean, you know, it can be asexual. It can be, you know, it can be just, it could be just romantic. It could be someone who just needs to be loved. Like maybe they're missing that, that intimacy you know, maybe someone just needs to be cuddled. Maybe someone just wants to be, to experience that love outside of a marriage, like with another gender, you know, maybe that's, that's all they need. And you mentioned kinky. So Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll, we'll go that route. 
Um, maybe, maybe their relationship is just vanilla and maybe their partner is not kinky and maybe they need it, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, so maybe they have this and preferably agreement with their, with, with their partner and, and we'll, Mm -hmm. and we need to explain that, um, preferably, um, with Polly there is an agreement with partners that you are poly and there is an understanding and that is ethical poly. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can, we can provide books on this. Yes. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll, we'll provide books on this later um, because I think a lot of times poly is done unethically. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, cause you and I both work <laughs> and in Julie, I think Julie's starting to, to work with poly too. Um, yeah. But a lot of times it's done unethically and causes a lot of problems. Um, yeah. But but I think that, you know, but as long as, you know, there's an understanding, you know, I think that if if someone is with a vanilla partner who's not in a kink or a BDSM or whatnot, and they they this person is, they can go and find a kink or BDSM relationship, mm-hmm. you know, and it doesn't have to be sexual. Mm-mm. Yeah. Which is another myth. Yeah. And I think that's a really good point, Terry, is that that agreement also needs to be clearly defined by all partners because that's what I'm finding is that like one partner kind of said they agreed to it, but didn't. And then the other two have, you know, they're, they're searching for love within one another. The other one's left out. They're only in a sexual part of it. The whole thing gets messed up. And, you know, in order for it to work, successfully, um, I think that it definitely needs to be really, you know, really agreed upon every facet of it, of what everyone is needing. And, and I think then that's when you really see the beauty of what it, what it can be and what it can do. And, you know, I, I, I think back, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 45 years old. And I, and I think back to, uh, I used to always say, and I've been single my whole life. And I always would tell my friends, I'm like, you know, when I pick the people I date, it's just basically friends that I want to have sex with. That's like the only difference for me was the sexual element of it. So like I was doing like poly a long time ago without even knowing it. But I but all of my friends, I absolutely fall in love with. I love them dearly. And they're in my life for different reasons. And sometimes those loves when they leave hurt even more so than a sexual romantic partner that maybe doesn't have that depth. So I think that also plays into a bit of the misconception that so much, and I love that you brought that up, Jackie, is that I think a large majority of what poly exists for is the love aspect of it that we're all looking Mm. for and filling those niches that we don't always get from each person because we're only one person. Mm -hmm. And I love that you just said that about the dating piece of it too, because I think that's also a misconception. I think we are in such a monogamous society where we grew up with like Disney princes and princesses, which don't get me started on gender because I won't stop (laughs) on that topic. Um, I'll I'll pause. I digress. Um, But I think that's one of the biggest things like in college, like people would date multiple people and then people would get upset or frustrated or whatever. I'm just kind of like, let that person do what they want to do. They're in college. They're going to see people. Maybe they're seeing people for different reasons and purposes. And Hey, if you're not here for it, you're not here for it. You don't have to do that, but let everybody else do what they want to do. Like you do you at the end of the day, like do what makes you fucking happy. And if that's dating more than one person, 
fine. Like there's nothing wrong with that. And then I think of that too, like, isn't that a particular poly aspect and element of it as well that people may or may not necessarily notice, but it does come up and it does happen in a lot. So I love that you brought up that point, Julie, because I think that's one that people get really threatened by. And then the question of jealousy comes up quite a bit too, of like, well, I couldn't be in a polyamorous relationship because of my jealousy and all that jazz. And that's really a lot of like, well, then, you know, that's your work over here. Like, what do we got to work on, on you with this? Right. And what does that mean? And then it can also get into elements of like territorial aspects of relationship control, manipulation, coercion. And it's really like, what's so threatening about someone being in a poly relationship to you? Like that's an insecurity that you need to work out at the end of the day. Don't project that shit on your partners, right? Or other people in your life where you may have different values and you're judging them for something that maybe you don't understand or maybe something that you don't practice or do. And you don't have to judge them, just respect them and accept them for who they are because they do the same thing for you if you're in a monogamous relationship. I want that whole thing you just said on a t-shirt, but I don't know that it would fit. (laughs) (laughs) It'd have to be like a t-shirt, like sweatshirt, sweatsuit or something. It reveals, you know. (laughs) Front and back. Front and back. Front and back. Maybe some, I don't know, leggings. You have an arrow, read, and then turn around. True. We'll call them tangent t-shirts, like when I go off on a tangent. (laughs) I like it. New merch. New merch. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. I mean there there's so many myths and and you know misconceptions about it. And it does lead into um the queer population big time, big, big time. Because I mean, you know, I'm bi, so we're totally totally tortured with this um probably probably almost I want to say almost the most but maybe I'm wrong but we're totally tortured like we like the the bi population (laughs) I think like I want to say like our it's the word construed is like thought of is like mostly poly like you, you just can't, you just, you just can't be monogamous. Mm-hmm. Like, how can you be bi <laughs> and you be monogamous? Like, you just can't be, you just can't be like, or how, how can you be, how can you be faithful? How can you be faithful? You so either cheat and eat it too. Yes. You, you just, mm-hmm. you, you gotta mm-hmm. be greedy. You gotta Which be. Means- which means nothing, by the way, because if I have cake, I'm going to eat the damn thing. Like, what does that phrase even mean? <laughs> I, 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 cake I, and I eat it too. Like, I'm such I don't a know. Lady. I want cake now. Exactly. <laughs> Ooh, especially upside down pineapple. Mm, Ooh, so good. That sounds delightful. good. I wish we all had that. That was looking really bad because, of course, we're going to eat cake. Fuck it. Fuck y'all. Of course we're going to eat our damn cake. I'm going to eat my cake too, damn it. That's so true though, Terry. Like, being and cake bi- and sex is really good, okay? <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Cake while having sex, of course, it's really good. Yeah. Okay? But that doesn't mean I can't be monogamous. That's right. I'm going to have I'm gonna have cake and have sex with the same person. <laughs> <laughs> 
but I can still be attracted <laughs> to someone different. Isn't that weird? Yeah, exactly. Well, having cake and having sex with the same person. But again, doesn't that go back to love? <laughs> what, what are you, is this like a cake theme now? Because I can totally go. <laughs> cake theme. Cake theme. But that's a great metaphor to use with it, right? Like I can love me some red velvet. I can love me some marble. I can love me some like lemon in the springtime. I can love me some this cake, right? And my eyes are watering. I'm not getting emotional. I, like, I think I'm having some, I think I'm tired. <laughs> this is not a very emotional topic for me. That's, that's a lie. She always gets emotional about cake. <laughs> well, and I don't have any in front of me. She's in front of some That's something we'll have to look into later. Not today. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, true. Like you can, like what Jackie said, we can love so mm-hmm. many different types of cake. So many different types of cake. It doesn't mean yeah. I'm going to sit here and eat a whole fucking bakery. Yeah. <laughs> right. Fucking sounds good, though. It does sound good. And I want to go back to Jackie's I point. Get, I might get sick, though. <laughs> Look, she's so stuck on cake. Like, let her go. I'll send you a cupcake today. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll send you a cupcake, Terry. And then <laughs> you can love them both. Remember and my I- cupcake? My cupcake <laughs> metaphor. The perfect cupcake. Jackie, I don't think Jackie heard that episode. No. My menage a trois cupcake. Uh-huh. My favorite cupcake is two cupcakes together because they're like one cupcake on top of another, and then like <laughs> it's a menage a trois cupcake. Why? Why would you say no to that? <laughs> Get all the good stuff. All the good stuff in the mm-hmm. middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah, baby. Can't say no to menage a trois cupcake. We're bringing that back. <laughs> We're so off topic at this point. So off topic. That that always happens. <laughs> Gotta go back. Gotta go back. Gotta go back. Okay. Well, I wanted to go back to uh, Jackie's point too about people who are so judgmental looking from the outside of it as well. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. like she said, you do you have your own relationship, do what you're comfortable with. If you, if you're comfortable in a, monogamous relationship with one person then good on you in the same way that you know poly people shouldn't be judging monogamous relationships either everybody has a right to love the way they love and be with who they want to be with and I think if we can open that level of acceptance up to just being like oh okay that's an interesting conversation why don't we be adults and talk about that that's something we never thought about then you know I mean, I could say that for pretty much anything in the world, but I feel like, you know, we're talking about this right now. Um, mm-hmm. But it's so, it's so true. Like, why, why do you have to be judgmental? I have never married, you know, I, um, Terry knows this. I've, you know, I identify as bi and like, I've, I've had so many people ask me such inappropriate questions because I'm of a certain age. I've never married. I decided to not have children. And there's just such a disgusting stigma put on people about what they choose to do with their lives. And, you know, live in your own home, please. 
Don't get in mine. I'm just fine. You know? <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. Exactly. And I'm not married or anything like that. I'm 29. I've been with my partner for like four years now or something like that. And that's all the questions that we get about like monogamous relationships. And like over Christmas, I was baking Christmas cookies with my mom and our friend. My mom's like talking about marriage and all this different shit and stuff. And her friend's there. And I'm like, why do we have to talk about this? Like I'm in no place right now to get married. Honestly, like that is such a a biting thing. And you know what? Like I'm a therapist over here. So if I am going to say like, Hey, go get yourself some premarital fucking counseling. If you're deciding on marriage, like I would do that too. If that is in my future, like path of being married or something. I had such a great night's sleep last night. And it was because of Jupiter CBD's dreamland. I've been using this for a bit and I am so astonished by how great this product is. I slept better and longer. I woke up refreshed and I totally recommend Jupiter for people who want to try a new CBD. They have CBD for anxiety. They have some for pets even. I mean, it is such a great company. And unlike other CBD where you actually run into that olive oil taste, oh my gosh, it's so disgusting. When I used Dreamland, I actually was so surprised by this mint flavor. And when I asked why, I was told it was because they actually put mint in each batch. If you want to try a new CBD product, I totally recommend trying Jupiter. You can actually go to getjupiter.com and you can try my promo code. It's wonderful10, that's all caps, wonderful, one, zero, okay? So totally try it out and then send me your thoughts at my email. That's Hello, wonderful podcast at gmail.com. And you know what? If you want, I put your thoughts on air. Hey, time to get back to all the fun. So I'm not someone who's going to practice, like not practice what I preach. And I don't think people actually understand that not everyone wants to get married and that's okay too. Like I have um, an aunt who has been dating this guy. Like he's, he's my uncle. We just call him my uncle because they've been together for like what, 20 years, like since I was 10 or nine or some shit living together, they're practically like married. Like who gives a fuck that they're technically like partners? Yeah. Who cares? They're together. Like it's okay. It works for them. And then I also think when it comes to um, going back to the point of like in the LGBTQ plus community, how being bisexual does get the brunt of a lot of this stuff. Absolutely. Especially with poly relationships. And that's one of the things where I see that quite a bit when folks are poly, I kind of notice and see people practicing like unethical <laughs> non-monogamy, you know, if that's even a fucking phrase or word out there. Right. But like, then they come to therapy and they're like, oh, I tried this, but we didn't actually have a relationship contract. We didn't talk about boundaries. We didn't communicate our values or what's important to us. And then I typically see like a lot of folks that are coming in are, you know, bisexual women, and then they're being scrutinized for wanting to open up their marriage or open up their relationship when really that has to do something with their partner being jealous or wanting to be controlling over this person's like sexuality and what they can and cannot do. And that's not fucking fair. <laughs> like that's not right. And you know, like it goes back to the cake, like have your cake and eat it too. Why can't we do that? Like, why can't we have 
all the cakes in the world and just accept that. And that's also part two, again, where it goes to that individual work that needs to be done that I don't think a lot of people understand when it comes to practicing ethical non-monogamy, because it does come up. Feelings do get hurt. People do get jealous. And that's in all relationships in life too. Like not just if you're practicing ethical non-monogamy, that's like a relationship with others, like spending time with friends, spending time with family, getting jealous because you weren't invited to something, right? Like how do you cope with that? How do you self-soothe with that? That's yours to take care of. That is not for your partners to heal. So I think that's a huge part that people have to feel like they have to suppress or repress their bisexuality. And then there's internalized um, homophobia there too. And then feeling like, well, I see all these people in the world and it's just like a man and a woman getting married. And then I'm more accepting of that out there versus really just you know, I am bisexual for folks that may be saying this, like, and how do I figure out, you know, truly what I want and what is best for me if I want to be in an open relationship, open marriage or whatever that is. And how do I make sure I make that decision that feels really good for myself? So I don't repress anything for myself because we can say like, Hey, like I'm upset at my partner and we can resent them, but really we're resenting ourselves at the end of the day, if we don't speak up and work through these things too it's a lot. It's a lot. And I totally agree with what you're saying in the community. Bisexuality like gets the fucking brunt of it the most. And it's just so not fair. It's not, it's not at all. And I think non-sexuality is um, a little bit more of a newer term that people are aligning with or may explore a little bit or may not um, may try to understand their sexuality and what it means to be pansexual And within the polyamorous community, I I don't see that one as much getting the brunt of it as I do bisexuality. And maybe that's just something I haven't um, seen a lot of or heard a lot of or experienced. I don't know. And I, I agree. I think maybe because it's a newer term, because it hasn't been around as long. Um, When I, a couple of years ago, I went to, I, I was at APA a few, few years before COVID, like a few years ago, I was at APA in San Francisco. And that was, that was what was happening. Cause it was a new term and, and you're right. Like bisexuality, like people who are bisexual were definitely in front of it. And a lot of us, I went to the, the, it was a seminar regarding bisexuality and then I went to seminar for poly and then I went to seminar for BDSM it was like it it. was excellent they they were really like focusing on certain things that day like during that convention and people who are all bisexual like we all raise our hand because we were like they were they were they were asking us and um we were definitely getting like we were definitely like admitting like yeah like we're really getting hit hit like regarding these issues yeah. And it wasn't pansexuality. It was definitely bisexuality. And I think it's because mm. we've been around the longest. We really have the stigma. We've, we, the stigma is really embedded. Um, it's really in there in society and it's, and, you know, and there are other stigmas. There's tons of other stigmas within, you know, poly itself and um, within being queer LGBT plus itself, like the community itself. But bi is just, it's really difficult because the queer community itself attacks it. Yes. Which is like it. And and it's not just by like transgender off also gets attacked. Like there's, there's other, there's other 
um, communities, like sub-communities within the queer community. And I say queer in general because queer means different things. So I, I'll, I'm using queer to equal LGBT plus at, just because it's easier. Um, and a lot of people don't identify it. So I apologize, people, um, <laughs> just for the time being. Um, they're going to be like, I don't know if I, I'm so sorry. But just for the time being, um, just for the time being, but there's, there's, there are people who, there, there are sub communities within the larger community who get attacked and bisexual, people who are bisexual, like we're part of it. We're a huge yeah. part of it. And we get a huge brunt. Um, like it's, it's really unfortunate and po- like um, within polyamory, I think that like, it's, it's definitely, um, you know, I think that, you know, regarding polyamory, I think that, you know, there's a huge stigma. I'm having problems talking today. There's a huge stigma. I'm not going to edit this. So y'all are just going to hear all my struggles. (laughs) There's a huge huge stigma regarding being bisexual. And it's just, and the reason why we're getting the huge hit, because it's been around so long. And, um, you know, and I think that probably as time goes on, other people are going to get hit by it. Um, and I think that's just how it is. And I, and I think that the more we talk about it, the more that it's in mainstream, the less it will be. And it has been in mainstream more. It has in movies in shows, um, you know, I think in videos, so many, so much more in blogs, like, you know, just in books. Um, I'm a big reverse harem fan. I love my sex books. Everyone knows this. I talk about it all the time in my episodes. But, you know, um, interesting enough, most of those are heterosexual. Those reverse harem books, a lot of them are heterosexual. Some of them include, like, bisexual um, men. You know, they have like some MM relationships, but a lot of those reverse harem books that are very popular actually are heterosexual. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. The ones well, that are hits. And I think too, going when you talk about bisexuality being around forever too, I mean, in my 20s, so 20 some years ago, um, if you said you were bi and it goes back to the same thing, Jackie, you were talking about, about Polly too. People have this uh, misconception that you just can't make up your mind or mm. that you're just really greedy or um, a person. Mm. Who, I, I don't know, you know, all of these different things that get tied mm. to it. And I think that's, that's one of the hardest things. I mean, there used to be a phrase used that if you say that you're bi, that just means you're on the train to gay or lesbian. (laughs) That was back in my day because legit, they would say that it was easier to say you were bi because it was noncommittal, but that meant that you either were, you know, a homosexual or you were literally, you had to be one thing and that's, that's how it was perceived. You know, mm-hmm. and and at that time, I think so many people were getting afraid to even say that they were actually bi because then they were confused. Like, am I bi? Am I just being noncommittal? What what's going on here? Because that was the messaging, and it was so strong within our own community. That was the messaging. So then, you know, add the outside world to it, and my God, 
nobody felt like they really understood what was happening or that, hey, that's interesting that I can get the same kind of feelings for this adorable little blonde girl sitting next to me while we're playing pool as I did the big tall brunette guy with the blue eyes, you know, and um, I think that was very, at least for my generation, wildly confusing. And it's nice to see it um, changing and having people like Jackie who are so uh, open to talk about these things and focus on these things for people to really understand what their needs are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. And it's so true. The messaging, the language around it, and there's just like a hierarchy in the community itself. And it's frustrating because I think sometimes when it comes to the community, it's like, we're supposed to be a community here. Like why, why are you standing up for this? Or why are you saying these things? Like if you're against this, then you're not for this community as a whole. And that's not mm-hmm. fair either because as you were saying, Julie, like there's all these other perspectives on the outside of the community. And it's just kind of like, fuck off at some point. Like you don't even know, like get out of here. Right. And that's why you're threatened. And that's why you want to judge. And that's why you want to be an asshole. And then there's all these other folks in the community that will not stand up for certain things that are absolutely wrong. And that will be very invasive. But then I think it's also really a challenge too, of like, it's like this internal external battle and folks that are bisexual get it from both ends. And maybe not everyone else necessarily gets that. Maybe a gay man doesn't get that. Maybe a lesbian woman doesn't get that as much. And that's one of the things that I think it's so hard for people to grasp and get and understand that like, Hey, don't fucking say these messages. Like these are myths in itself about bisexuality and misconceptions too. And I think when it comes to all this as well, when, um, if couples do, right, if couples do decide to become married or something like that, like this is an exercise that I'll do with all my premarital couples. I will ask them, you know, what if someone wants to open up the marriage? Do you still want to get married? What are the deal breakers, right? What if another person falls in love with someone else? Because maybe like they haven't explored their sexuality enough in their life and then boom, like they're, they're 40 or something. And then, wow, like I'm attracted to men and I'm attracted to women and I don't want to pick one. Like I want both scoops of ice cream. I want both pieces of cake here. Like we fucking have them. Right. So is that, I I always think that's so important too. Like what are the deal breakers going to be if you are going to commit to marriage? And if it is about someone's sexuality changing because sexuality is fluid. Like it is not like I am just this, like, no, it fucking changes over time. Whether or not people are strong enough, brave enough to admit that, explore that, feel that, notice that, like that's on them. And it's true. So (laughs) it's like when things change, are you going to be with your partner through the changes? Because I think we talk about like, oh, what if someone gets sick? What if someone is dying? What if this or whatever? Well, no, what if your life's fucking awesome and great and then something just happens and someone's sexuality becomes fluid and they want to explore different things? Are you going to be like, bye? No, I don't want to marry you. Well then, okay, say that. At least say that now at the beginning before committing to something that you're saying like, we are one together long-term, blah, 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 whatever. Rather than saying like, yeah, I can still do it. And then later divorce comes up and then you get mad and then you resent that person. You're no longer best friends. And like this fairy tale fucking Disney ending at the end of a movie that really doesn't really happen in life with marriage. So I think there's a lot like when relationships change, when sex changes, when all these different things, when our bodies change too, like sex later on in life at 65 is not going to be sex that you're having in your twenties and thirties or in your teens. 
Like there's so many different things to tie in and can the relationships be there? Like, can you be open to opening up or exploring this with like clear and ethical boundaries in those conversations beforehand, right? Rather than like resenting one another and then like hating each other and then having all this conflict and not knowing how to talk through it and work through these issues or manage it at the end of the day. And there are a lot of relationships that do open up later and they, they agree to do that. There's a lot of people who decide to swing, which mm-hmm. is a type of, of non-monogamous relationship. Like people will, some people put it in poly and some people put it in non-monogamy depends upon who you are. Um, you know, um, but, but some people decide to swing, some people decide to, to, to have like a type of poly relationship. Um, when they're older and like, and it's ethically done, but you know, what comes into my office a lot are, are people who relationships in which someone is like being unfaithful and then they tell their partner and they're like, well, I, I decided to be poly after the fact it happens a lot. It happens Mm -hmm. a lot. And, Mm -hmm. and so we have this situation where, where a partner is hurt mm-hmm. and we have like, and therapist has to, has to deal with this hurt while the other partner is like, well, this is what I want to do. And you have to discuss what poly is and how it's ethically done and like, and try to go through these process this, go through the steps and yada, yada, yada. And if, you know, if poly is actually going to happen and there's a difference between poly and cheating. Um, and that's a huge issue. Like there's a difference between poly and cheating everyone. Yes. Big difference. And uh, there's a huge misconception, huge misconception, um, between poly and cheating. Cheating is not poly. Um, but you can cheat in poly. You can, Yes. you do not. Yes. Um, I'm going to let Jackie explain this. <laughs> Jackie, what is you cheating? You want me to explain <laughs> yes. it? <laughs> yes, yes. What is cheating? I mean, I can do it, but I'm going to let Jackie do it because she's the guest. <laughs> okay. Oh, um, what is cheating and Polly? Is that the question? Just to clarify. Yeah, what is cheating mm-hmm. and What is cheating and <laughs> Get it, Jackie. <laughs> it's like a spelling bee over here, but we're like yes. it out Jackie, your word is. So I keep doing it in a Jeopardy way. Cheating in Polly. Question. (laughs) (laughs) I think Julie should jump in because you're on it, Julie. For 500, for 500, Jackie. What is cheating in Polly? For 500, Jackie. (laughs) Honestly, it's cheating in Polly is if there is any type of emotional, sexual relationship rule or contract that is broken that both parties are agreeing to and then someone fucks up and cheats. I love it. I love when she, I love it. she <laughs> it was even so, fucks up. It was so beautifully yeah. clinical. Oh, like she rattled that off like a diva. I was trying. And it was like, as it <laughs> and I was like, slow clap. Well done. Therapist and then human. Yeah, Put I them together. That. That's what you get. Yep. Clinical yep. grit. Fabulous. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's the same thing. Like if you're, if you, when you don't have a poly relationship, yeah. if you break an agreement, 
Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And like you said, Terry, when the people come into the office and suddenly someone's already, oops, I cheated. Now I'm Polly. It's like, how do you put, <laughs> how do you put that, like, how do you put that Jack back in the box? Mm-hmm. It's already out. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, like you yeah. can't do that. You can't just be like, I cheated. Oops, I'm Polly. No. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure Jackie mm-hmm. gets these. I'm oh, sure I- Jackie gets these people. Everyone gets them. Anyone who works with Polly gets these people. And it's just one of those of like, okay, y'all. Like we will help you, but the mm-hmm. thing is, is there's a difference and the people, th- this causes a huge problem for people who are poly. And this is, this is, and, and I think that this goes with the stigma is people who do this do exacerbate the stigma of what poly is. And, and I think that's, the, that, that's a huge problem for people who are poly is those who do do this. I mean, we'll help you. Obviously you have a problem. Um, but mm-hmm. it does, it exacerbates the stigma, um, that is mm-hmm. cheating. And, mm-hmm. and that's another thing. And I will, but, and I'll go a step further because we've already said it, but that's the thing is like, poly is not just about being LGB plus, like people who are hetero straight people, there are poly. A lot yes. of straight people are poly. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. a lot of straight people are poly. It, like you do not have to be queer LGBT plus to be poly. And that that's also a myth. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I know we've already kind of said it, but I'm just going to be very clear about that. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I think that I think um, Polly is a, a beautiful thing. And, you know, and, and Jackie's been trying to explain that. I think that there's this society, this society belief, this um, and I think I do, I, you know, on, on, a uh, an episode that I did with, um, I did with Diego from queer, queer, queer in love. Um, I really, I love what he said this. He was like, I don't like, <laughs> I don't like the straight lifestyle. <laughs> and I really <laughs> loved what he said. I was like, I don't like straight lifestyle. He was like, straight people just annoy me. And I was like, and it wasn't like straight people in general. It's a straight lifestyle. It's like the idea of living in a box. And I think that's mm-hmm. the thing about being poly is outside the box. And it's like, you know, you don't have to live in a box. Like if you, if you do, if you have the ability to love other people, if you, if you, if you want to love other people, why not? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the idea is like, you don't have to be gay, queer, bi to love other people, but you know, if you want to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and I think that being poly, there's a, di- like some people identify it as an identity and some people identify it, some people think of it as a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, like some people can't think of not doing it. Like it's just part of who they are and other people like who find it later think of it as a lifestyle mm-hmm. what are what are your thoughts on that Jackie <laughs> no it's so true it's so true because it's kind of like depending on the person it's kind of like well I like dating multiple people I like being able to give and receive this love and attention and affection with multiple people that fill up my cup and I fill up their cup and so then having a question of like potentially having to give that up it does become a lifestyle truly and I think it's such a great question as well, depending on the person, maybe it's a lifestyle, maybe it's, you know, it all depends, like depending on how people want to label it is how they're going to label it, depending on if they want to put themselves in a box or outside of a box, like 
It's completely up to them. I know a lot of people are like, this is just fucking confusing. So I'm just going to do whatever the fuck I want to do. And I don't need a label and that's fine. And I think with one of the things when it does become a lifestyle for folks that I've seen, and, and I'm sure maybe you see this too, potentially with clients is that then deciding, like if there are kiddos involved, if there are multiple people involved, who gets the benefits? Because that's one of the things like in our society and country, like how do you decide different things financially for your, your family? And how do you discern that? That's kind of a tough dynamic too, because it may be like, I am this, this is going to be my lifestyle moving forward. I love this. I'm not going to give this up and people can just deal with that. Right. And those are really big decisions, which, which leads me to tying this up because we're about out of time. Um, I would like to, to provide some resources for people. Um, Jackie, what are some resources that you have? Yeah. Well, I love the ethical slut. Oh, it's one of my <laughs> the favorites. most recent edition came out. I do love opening up. I do like designer relationships because it is a little bit of a shorter book to get started on Polly compared to opening up and some other resources out there too. More than two is really great. Um, I wish I had my bookshelf in front of me because I could like see all the different ones. And so I'm just rattling off the ones that I really remember off the top of my head. But those are ones that I would recommend. Um, Poly Secure as well is another great one. Oh, great. There's so many of them that are just They're wonderful. all great. There's mm. also a Jealousy Workbook. Oh, there's a also, Jealousy Workbook. Mm-hmm. Mm, yep. There's also the the Poly, I think, it is it the Poly, the poly Jealousy Workbook? I can't remember what it's actually called, but there's actually a... <laughs> a jealousy workbook for people who are poly. Um, that is, is, that's supposed to be, I know it's good. The teal cover. Yes. 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 It's like polyamory and jealousy. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. And that's really good. I don't have, I don't have my, my, um, Kindle up, so I'm doing it from memory, but all the ones you mentioned are the ones that I recommend and they're so good. I think Mm -hmm. I have everyone in the office read the ethical slut. Um, and yeah, it's like my favorite. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know who had me read that? Oh my God, Julie, David. What? Where does this soulful man come from sometimes? (laughs) I'm telling you, there's two David. Like he like David originally made video games. So I swear there's like David who is like really into psychology and the David who plays video games. Oh my gosh, that's my partner. <laughs> <laughs> like and so that's for scary. anyone who like I, I gradually talk about my husband on here, David actually is the other director of the company. So he's actually very intelligent. He's seriously really intelligent, but I swear there's like two of them. There's yeah. two of them. I love my husband. He like, he's very insightful and is very, he's very great and, and very accepting of me, but it's like, it's where, like, Julie knows him obviously because he's also a boss. Like he's, he's a great, we, I think hit, he's a great it, boss. We, we hit it off instantaneously, mm. but there's like two of them. There's like two of them. So we are totally out of time. Um, Jackie, what are your contact information that you'd like to provide? Because you're, you're mm-hmm. 
all over awesome. the place. A bitch is all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> so shamelesstherapy.org is my website. Folks can sign up for my newsletter. That's where you get all the tea, all the secrets. I don't spill them on my Instagram or YouTube channel, which is also Sex Therapist Jackie. Um, that's what is up for me. I have a lot of things that are happening in 2022. Lots of things that are going to be new and coming out. So hop on the newsletter first, shamelesstherapy.org. And thank you so much for having me here today. This has been a great conversation. And I'm so excited for this episode to be released. Mm -hmm. And this was very fun and okay. So this video will actually be available on Patreon. I'm sorry, folks. Um, And so if you'd like to see it, because I think it'll be fun, um, please um, consider joining my Patreon. Um, obviously, um, you know, it's going to, it, you'll, you'll, obviously you're going to find it. If you hear it, you're going to find it everywhere else. Um, um, otherwise, yeah. Um, I, I love y'all. Thanks for listening. Um, take care, be safe. Any other messages that y'all have for the, the audience? Jackie rock and go eat some cake, everybody get some cake. Yeah. Yeah, no, I gotta stay shameless out there. I got a cupcake. I got a special cupcake in my fridge well. that I'm looking forward to. So, <laughs> so I'm gonna go eat that. Um, take care, be safe, and I will talk to you next time. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Jackie. Thank you, Julie.